a quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Alex and Filippo. So good. I wanted to, I've listened to your podcast a lot, Jason. So I like wanted to sing it too, <laughs> but my voice just doesn't match up. So I just let you have your moment. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> right. And I do love the idea that other people can sing back. You don't have to be good at singing in order to sing back to me. Like you don't have to be good at podcasting per se to have a podcast. Would that fit? Maybe, but from a confidence standpoint, I'm scared to death of even trying to sing into a <laughs> microphone. So, but I like the transition there, and I think it probably actually makes sense. But I probably need to get some some counseling and coaching first on my confidence to be able to actually sing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right, and then confidence is a huge part of podcasting. It isn't so much what you say, what you ask, who you have on the show. It's how you approach it and how confident you feel about what you're talking about. And I want to dig into podcasting as a marketing opportunity, but also simply for the fun, for learning, and obviously driving business, which is the marketing aspect. But before that, we quickly look at your brand, sir, Alex Sanfilippo, musical artist. What do you think of that? You know, I've never really, like we just said, <laughs> I don't know if that fits or if you, this is some cool, cool joke Calicube is playing on me. Um, <laughs> that is not me, though. Right. And that's one of the problems that Google has is it sees an audio file and it assumes that it must be music. Oh, so from, podcaster. So it, it says musical artist because it sees the audio. Is that, is that what you're saying? Exactly. Very it interesting. It thinks that audio is podcasting. Oh, sorry, audio is music. And podcasting is something it hasn't yet understood. And we need to educate it. And that's part of our job, your job, and CaliCube's job. And then here we can look at your search result for Alex San Filippo. Your site is number two. You didn't have a site five months ago? I did not. Thank you for that, Jason, by the way. Right. Super important. You need your own site that describes who you are, what you're doing, which audience you serve. And we can potentially now change that from musical artist to podcaster by using what we call the Entity Home, which is your own website where you can educate Google. So that's my little part, branded search. What I love, educating Google, Bing, Apple, Facebook, Twitter, these machines all learn the same way by us educating them about who we are, what we do, and which audience we serve. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. But today we're talking about the future of podcasting. Now, I started podcasting as an excuse to go around the world because my accountant said, if I had a podcast episode for every conference I went to, the tax authorities would be happy because I'd produce something, even if I didn't sell anything. Interesting. So it was a tax okay. dodge. Okay. <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I'm not the money guy. Like, I, I got to talk to my CPA about that as well. I've never considered that. So you weren't just being like, ooh, this cool guy in Australia. Oh, and this lady over here in France. No. And this. Okay. So it was actually pointed to I'm going to be at this conference anyway. So there has to be some sort of exchange of yes. quote unquote business and a podcast episode qualifies. Exactly. And the interesting point is the tax authorities immediately would think, okay, he's got this episode. Therefore, there is some kind of business value. But the business value has only paid off three or four years later. 
which they wouldn't have accepted as being a reasonable time frame for the payoff. Wow. So I've just exposed my tax dodging uh, ideas. But the point was that I was right and they were wrong, is that I talked to people four years ago who taught me so much, and the podcast has brought me so much and brought CaliCube so much, that in fact, the time frame was very long. Is that often the case in podcasting is the question? Oh, definitely. And first off, before we get ahead of ourselves here, I listened to your podcast, as I mentioned in the beginning. I listened to one with Anika, and she was talking about some integrated marketing strategies. And I mm. feel like this strategy right here of like tax to podcasting in person, that's like a little bit of an integrated <laughs> marketing strategy, Jason. It's, Ooh, it's, brilliant. it's pretty good. So you'll have to go back and tell her about that. And for anyone who hasn't heard that episode, I just got to call it out because I really enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it. it came out March 2nd, 2023, and it was Anika Jackson. John, yeah, yeah, Nika Jackson. Really integrated marketing strategies. She's brilliant, and Jason did a really good job interviewing her. So, quick little call out there. Um, but going back okay. to the idea of this of podcasting, like when basically when does an episode become valuable, right? Yes, and, and that is huge question. You've just yeah. You just asked the question that I should have asked. <laughs> well, I'm just further defining it to make sure everyone kind of understands. But I think this is act. This is a really insightful way to start this off because a lot of people compare podcasting to social media and right. and it's not apples to apples. I mean, there are some crossovers and I'm, I'm going to say a few things that are maybe a little bit harsh about social media in the next couple of seconds here, but I'm not dogging it. Like it has its place, but it's just not podcasting. It's not the same right. at all. As a matter of fact, social media, I can be laying down in bed and that's pretty common how people are scrolling through social media, right? Head on a pillow and they're just flipping through and they might double tap on something of yours and be like, oh, I like that and keep on going. But very rarely is there more than even just a full second of engagement. Podcasting, on the other hand, is the same as people sitting in seats listening to you. So yeah. it's like you being on stage and them sitting in seats and audience listening to you. You're typically getting 30, 45 minutes of somebody's undivided attention. Or if it's divided, it's divided with something that actually helps them learn even faster, like cleaning, cooking, working yeah. out doing some sort of chore. As a matter of fact, like it's been proven that we, we actually are more creative when we're doing those more, more or less mindless tax, uh, tasks that, that actually engage our muscles and our brain in a very different way, right? So while we're listening and doing those things, we're actually engaged even more than if we're just sitting in a seat listening. So again, podcasting is extremely powerful. And so when does it become valuable? The, the strange thing about podcasting, Jason, there's not like a... I wish I had something more technical to share with you here. But for some reason, when a podcast hits two years old, when you just continuously podcast right. on a consistent basis and you're not like changing it up all the time, but consistency is what wins in podcasting. After two years, you might start seeing your whole backlog get just binged. People might go through all the episodes. And oh. so for me right now, my, my show, I don't actually know how old it is, but it's years old at this point. But now more than ever, I'm seeing my original 50 episodes get more listeners than they ever have. And even though my show did really well initially, so it wasn't like I had one listen, like, no, I had a right. lot. And now it's starting to take off. And again, that becomes the beauty of podcasting is that it's not just a short life cycle like social media has. Like once a post is a couple of days old, that's really it, right? Podcasting yeah. is not that way. As a matter of fact, two years from now, this episode might be more popular then than it's going to be when it first goes live. Which actually means the future of podcasting is the past. <laughs> well said. Yes, I agree. <laughs> right. And, and that's really interesting because from my perspective in digital marketing, I've been interviewing people for four years, five years now, 250 episodes. Some of them 
have become dated. They're talking about technology and things that were important five years ago. What can I do with that? Leave them up? Yeah, this is always an interest. I'm glad you brought this up. This is another really interesting thing. First off, if you're not doing something like technology, keeping things evergreen is, is very important, right? So like if, it's, if it can be evergreen, make it evergreen. But when you're talking about technologies, SEO, search, all these things that change faster than humans change, right? Like right. Uh, it, it does become dated. With that said, there might be, still be value for people to go back and hear it because some of the tactics you share would be interesting. An example, if somebody talked about AI in 2020, that actually wasn't interesting in 2020, Ooh. but now it's interesting. So someone might go back to hear more about it, right? To, to learn a little bit more about it. So there may still be a little bit of backlog, but in general, it's probably not a safe bet to bank on years in the future. People like learning a lot from those things necessarily, but they may find it because they're like, oh, Jason has really blown up. Who is this guy? Let me go back and listen to him. Or they'll right. find you on another podcast talking about it when you're when you're on the guest side. So there is still value in it. But again, it's all about consistency, especially if you're talking about something that changes and evolves. You're taking people on a journey with you. And if you're just sharing about it once every other month or whenever you feel like it, that doesn't feel like much of a journey for people to go on. It seems inconsistent, right. which is not up to date with the consistent changes we experience in this industry. Which makes me think, try to be evergreen, but don't obsess about it. Yes. Because people coming back and looking at your history is really important. And I remember with Buwan Koala, the blue dog in the yellow koala that I created with my ex-wife, I wanted to go back and change all the games because I felt they weren't up to scratch to what we'd done eight years later. And she said to me, no, that's part of our history. She's don't right. Redo it. She's yeah, right. I don't, she's you probably don't want to hear it, but she's right. <laughs> you know, you think about it. Think about our like on your resume, you post your job history. And sure, 10 years ago, when you had this random job and you're somebody who's going out for a new one, like that, that job isn't really relevant anymore. But people want mm. to see that, okay, has this person actually done what they've said they've done for a long period of time? Our podcast backlog is the same thing. It gives you the credibility of, you know what? This person tackled a really hard conversation three years ago when it was relevant. And just seeing that and maybe jumping into it for a few minutes gives someone the assurance that, you know what? This person is who they say they are. Right. And, and also, another point about podcasting is the connections you make, the people you know. People will come on podcasts who wouldn't normally even speak to me. Right. Same. Like you. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. <laughs> Jason and I are actually really close friends. So that, that one's not fair. But you're absolutely right. Like there, man, when I first started my my podcast about entrepreneurship, I did years ago. The goal was to get free coaching from people who would Ooh. otherwise not talk to me without a, a five-figure check being written first. Let's put it that way. But guess what? They were all about it. One hour, undivided attention. I could ask them any question I want. Nothing was off limits. And yeah, podcasting enables that to happen. Is there any chance that the guests will start to see the trick where we're just getting coached by people for free? I think that as we go into more of a value-driven economy, people are looking for that. And really, the people that aren't in podcasting or on the guest side even, that are not willing to share because they want to hide all that and make you pay for it, they're not yeah. going to do well because no one thinks that they can trust you. And if there's one beauty about podcasting, it's that it develops no like and trust, both with the host mm. and with the guest. And if, again, if a guest is just out there trying to make as much money as they can, they're not willing to lead with value, as I like to say, they're not willing to go out there and, and do a free coaching session live for everyone or, you know, recorded for everyone in the world to hear, then maybe they're not valuable to work with. And more and more, we're seeing that the people that say, sorry, nothing until you pay me, they're not doing well anymore. 
what's doing well is the person that says, I'm going to give it all away. So Jason, here's, here's that coaching that you need. And someone's going to hear that and say, you know what? This person is exactly who I've been looking for. I'm going to go ahead and, and strike that five-figure check and send it to them so I can start working with them because they confirmed it through the conversation with Jason. It is right. very valuable for both sides of the mic. No, sure, 100%. And then somebody says, I actually want to work with this person because that personal touch and the personal advice, support, and help is hugely important. You talk about consistency now, once again, with the Blue Dog and the Yellow Koala. We would publish every single first of the month, and we did it for eight years solid. We ended up with 5 million kids, 100 million page views. We haven't got that with the podcast, but does that matter? You know, I, I don't think so. And the reason for that is that podcasting really allows people to have a, a very narrow focus, and right. which means there's going to be less people on earth that are interested in it, but it does bring those people together. Anyone who's interested in branded search and beyond is going <laughs> to be listening to this show. But the truth is there may only be at any given time, a few thousand of those people that are actively looking to learn about that. And that's okay. As long as we're the ones that are being that hub and connecting them, then I think it's okay. And, and for a lot of us, if you are using it as a marketing funnel, like your podcast, which is one thing that you can do, but it goes far beyond that, right? But if sure. that is one of the things that you're doing and someone's like, oh, I need more listeners. I'm like, do you, could you handle if there was 10 million people knocking at your door saying they want to give you money or would that, would that close your doors? Because for almost every company on earth, other than maybe a handful of them, that's going to instantly shut down your business and it's not going to work. So you don't even want that. What you want are just the absolute perfect leads to be your listeners. Mm. Which is a brilliant point because people say to me in SEO, I want to rank for red shoes. And you're saying, well, if you had 10 million people trying to buy red shoes from you, your business would close down because you simply couldn't supply and they would all complain. They would give you bad reviews and your business would collapse. Um, so if we come back to that, podcasting as a marketing channel, podcasting as a learning channel and podcasting purely for pleasure. Yeah, my, my favorite is a combination of the three. All right. Ooh. So I don't mean to like bring it all down to one question, but marketing it is important if you have any sort of product or service that you want. And I do think that all of us at some point, if you're saying, I really love my podcast, and maybe it's just the pure curiosity or hobby or fun, if you really love it that much and you start building some traction, then you want it to become marketing for something that you can do to serve the people that are listening. Because here's right. what I've learned that the best podcasts always start off as a hobby. That's just how they start off. I'm curious. I'm interested. It's a hobby. I love this. I want to do it. And at some point, you hear from enough of your listeners. And if you're tracking with data, which I recommend everyone do, just open a small Excel spreadsheet or Google sheet and type in what your listeners tell you. And eventually you realize, you know what? This has just been a fun passion project for me. But I've had 90 of my last 100 people I've talked to who listen to my podcast say the exact same problem they're struggling with. Maybe I should solve that problem and mention it on the podcast. Now, your hobby becomes also what you're marketing. Right. So like it kind of connects all these things together. And I, I do think once again, if you can start as a hobby, a, something you're curious about, you're interested in learning, you're growing from nothing really beats that. And if you can maintain that composure as a host, your podcast will do well. Podcasts that don't do well, the ones that say, cool, it was a hobby or passion, or it's always just been marketing, strictly marketing. I'm not really interested in it. I don't really have any questions. I already know it all. And it's not fun. So we got to build out all these like crazy SOPs, right? And I have to have accountability everywhere, which those things are good. But if that's strictly it, people can feel that and sense that. 
And one of the beauties of podcasting is that anyone can start one. And someone who's passionate has a purpose. It's a hobby. It's super fun for them. People can hear that in their voice. And when they hear that, they're going to be far more drawn to that person who's coming from a place of curiosity, of passion, of fun versus the person saying, you all need to send me some money or I'm shutting this thing down. Right? So those are two extremes. But really, again, the beauty of podcasting is it can be something that you enjoy. So are you saying in order to become a podcaster, you have to be a genuinely nice person who wants to share, learn, and I'm trying to think of a third one because I always like everything in threes, but share and learn. (laughs) Yeah, I I think so. Now, there are some people that have done the opposite that have just come in. They they, they just know their craft perfectly. Maybe it's a branded Mm -hmm. business one and they just know exactly what to do and exactly what to say. And those can work if it's just extremely narrow focus. Like it doesn't cover anything right. but the one topic. It can work. But in general, when people approach me and their first question is like, hey, I have one episode out. How do I turn this one episode plus all the rest of them into millions of dollars? I'm like, man, you've already got the wrong mindset. Like if that's what you're just right. thinking about is how can I capitalize on my my listener's wallet, right? Like when you're em- immediately thinking that way, unless you've figured out how to do that and have a proven model, it's going to be really difficult for you to do that. Because people want to hear from the person who is just full of passion. Because that's what we're all longing for, right? More passion, more purpose in our own lives. And when we hear that in someone else's voice, we can feel that between them and the guests, a synergy. Man, that just goes such a long way. So a lot of human in there. So you then come to the perspective of saying, how do I make money? Is we had the three ideas is I do this just because I love it. I do this because I want to make money. I do this because I want to drive business for my company. And you have, I'm doing it for free because I love it. You have advertising and you have driving clients. That's a tricky balance between the two money-making aspects. Yeah. My favorite way to bring in, so we're talking about monetization now, right? Like how could someone really monetize their podcast more or less? My least favorite method is using advertisements. And right. it, that is the most common and everyone's mind goes there because we, I guess we've been conditioned by YouTube and social media once again, right? Like if you want to make money, you got to run ads. And a lot right. of us are conditioned that way. But really, it, th- this is wild. Podcasting does not have big numbers. If you have more than 5,000 people listen to your podcast in the first seven days of an episode being released, you're in the top 1% of all podcasts. Wow. If you have that then you from ad dollars, which again, that's 1%. So there's 99% of us podcasters are not in that boat, myself included, because I have a narrow niche of my podcast. And well, actually, there's not enough mm. people that would ever want to listen to my podcast to reach that number. So I can't, but, right? So, but it, let's just imagine I got there, or maybe someone who's listening, they build out a podcast, they get there and they're like, all right, time to run some ads. If you're there, you're still going to make less than $150 a week with your podcast. So you're going to grind to become the top 1% of all podcasters. And that's $150 a week. I don't know about you, but that's not livable income. And to get there, how difficult it is to get there is what would blow your mind, like how much work that is to actually make that happen. And then sponsorships, as soon as you add them to the podcast, it's also improving. It will drop your listenership quite a bit because now it feels like there's an objective other than what you have. And so for me, I, I always say, don't, don't bother with ads unless you find some perfectly aligned sponsor that sees the value in it. And I'll explain one of those real quick uh, in a second here. But first, what I really like is you talking about your own product or your own service. And sometimes it's best that you don't launch with that if you don't have it yet. But you can learn to build something as time goes on, but have something of your own. Because here's the thing, Jason, if somebody decides 
they hear this conversation. They're like, man, I know I need this brand SERP thing from Jason. You could bring in a lot of money doing that for one person versus advertisements for the next 10 years or 20 years. Like it's, it's totally different, right? No, 100%. And, and that makes total sense. And one thing is you just mentioned our services and I haven't so far. Right. So am I making a huge mistake? Should I be saying bye, 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 everybody? We've got these amazing services for brand steps and knowledge panels. I don't think so because you start off with actually showing me my own. Oh, and uh, the one thing that you might be able to add, if we can do some real-time podcast coaching yeah, here, is maybe saying, Alex, if you want to get rid of this, this uh, what did it say, uh, American musician or something like that, whatever it said, right? Like uh, a musical artist. You're like, if you want to get rid of this, what we need to do is go to your website, which you did mention, and add the terms this to make sure that Google begins to learn that, right? Yeah. Something that's like a little bit hands-on training. And then and then maybe something like, hey, in offline, I have a few other ideas uh, of how Cali Cube can help with that. We'll chat about it. Now, if I'm a listener and I'm like, I'm a podcaster too. Let me Google my name. Oh my gosh, I'm a right. musical artist as well. I need to email Jason and find out what he's doing for Alex because Alex is not going to be a musical, uh, a musician anymore, right? He's going to be a podcaster or an entrepreneur in my case, right? So I just think if maybe you added just a little bit more pointedness, if that's a word, to it, that it would actually now. probably drive the curiosity. But all in all, your podcast, like I said, I've been listening to it because I don't feel like I'm being sold. I've listened to it because you're a curious podcast host who asks really good questions. And that's why I listen because I'm like, ooh, that question Jason, mm. just, Jason just asked, that's what I wanted to hear. Like, that's perfect. And that's the best kind of host right there is the one that's just truly genuinely curious, not mm. looking for the chance to, oh, by the way, my product helps with that, right? If you're trying to interject that every chance you get, it's not going to, no one wants that. Yeah, no, I find that annoying when I listen to podcasts and watch videos. And uh, th this point here of saying, right, Alex, you've, you're being seen as a musical artist. What can I do to help you? I'm number one, potentially selling to you, but also potentially selling to the audience, which is a huge win with very little additional effort from my part. But I think for me, the biggest value I've had from the podcast is what I've learned from the people that I've interviewed. And I wouldn't exchange that for even one sale. Hmm. See, again, your heart's absolutely right in it. The, the longer you can keep that mentality, the better your show is going to continue to do. And, right. and I've listened to your show for a long time and it, it gets better and better and better because I think that you know how it goes. As we learn, we get more curious because there's, mm. we find out, oh, there's much more to learn, right? So uh, I, I think that you really are just proving that. And I, I think that, again, someone who's listening and they finally decide it's time for me to get a knowledge panel on Google for my name because I know I'm missing out on tons of business. I'm missing out on people that are looking for me and I could actually help them. They don't know when they see my name if I'm even the right person. That could change eventually someone's going to say, you know what? Jason leads with so much value. And that's my favorite thing to say, right? Leads right. with so much value with this podcast. I already know Jason. I know the type of person I'm going to be getting into business with. Let's just go ahead and sign this. As a matter of fact, I was having a conversation with a, a, a woman named Jasmine Starr. And she has a big podcast. Millions mm. of people listen every month. And I asked her, I'm like, how many leads come through your podcast? Because she has no ads and she doesn't talk about really much of what she does. And she goes, not many in comparison to social media and everything else and all the ads we run everywhere. I was like, okay, how qualified are the leads that come through your podcast mm. versus anywhere else? And she goes, Alex, I'm so glad you asked that. She said, basically, if somebody comes as a lead through my podcast, it's they go into a totally different funnel and talk to somebody because they're basically ready to sign because they already know, like, and trust me because they've listened to me for so long. Right, which is 100% what we get is 
the other day we had a sales call in 12 minutes the whole thing was done and dusted there we go because of the podcast but, there we go. but then from a business perspective if i'm a business owner and i'm saying well i've got no personality i've got no desire i'm not particularly interested i don't have anyone on my team but i still want a podcast because i can see the value it can drive in a marketing sense what would your advice be yeah, work with somebody. Bring on the talent. You, it doesn't need to be you. Not everyone's made to be a podcaster. Let's face it. Like some people, are like everyone needs a podcast. I don't really agree with that. Like if you're a business owner, you're in the day to day of it, and you're more administrative. It's probably not best for you to be behind a mic. But you can easily find some of these production companies. You and I both know Story on Seth Silvers is a mutual friend of yeah. mine and Jason's, who I think is like the best podcast production company yeah. out there. And they take companies like that. They'll even find the talent. If you're like, here's what it's about. And here's how narrow we can make it. Can you find me somebody to run it? And you bring in one of those pros that they have the passion in their voice. And again, I talked about it earlier. When you do it this way, you just have to keep it really focused. It can't be the podcast about everything for everybody because we're all here to help, right? Like it can't be that podcast. It has to be like, you know what? Our lane, and let's just imagine, we'll go back to using the example of like uh, red shoes, right? We're the best red shoe manufacturer on earth. We're going to talk about how we do it, sustainable products, this, this, and this, and why you'd want red shoes. You want to dive into that, which is maybe a little too narrow. Let's be real. But like, <laughs> let's just say that that's the direction you want to go. You can easily, and if it, yeah, and red shirts maybe is what we should be talking about, like Jason wears. Um, anyway, the whole point there is just, can we bring it in that narrow and bring in someone outside to really talk about it and we can kind of build out the right. idea but not everyone should be a host or a guest for that matter some people just don't really have the personality for it and that's perfectly fine and there are two more questions that really strike me number one is niching down you think well i'm going to run out of topics is that a really a problem or is it just our imaginations that lack I think it's imagination and a lot of hosts tell me this and the reason they think they're going to run out of topics is because they get one thing all wrong. They build out a list of dream guests instead of topics they need to cover. Oh. So by having the guests and 10 of them say no and you got 10 left, they're like, I'm going to run out of content. But instead, if you go to the topics and, and forget the guests, you can find multiple people that are willing to talk about it. And chances are you don't actually know the best person to talk about any given topic. You got to go out and do those searches for them. But if, if you go out on a topic list, you can expand. And if you use something like, I, I, you're, you're the brand SERP guy, so you know all like the, the SEO things. But basically, and you could even tell me what these are, there are websites that can tell you related searches that people are making to specific topics. Yes. So you can have one topic and it can give you 15 keywords. And when you think you have a good keyword, like entrepreneurship, just so you know, is not a good keyword. But Jason mm. could tell you, oh, what you should be looking at is entrepreneurship for people who only want to work four hours a day. That's a good topic. Yeah right? Like that, that's a good one. And the thing is, the other, the other thing is podcasting isn't one and done. If your listeners resonate with a topic that you cover, you need to cover it again. You're not just like done. Cool. Ooh. I talked about four hour work week, you know, I'm, I'm done. No, if people like it every quarter, that should be coming back up every month. You should have someone else talk about, it. cause here's the thing. People might've listened to it, but you know, how it goes, sometimes things don't click. And then one day someone says something, you're like, Oh my gosh, I get it now. Like that's happened to all right. of us. And so you want to recover the trendy topics because people might be like, I think I get it. I kind of get it. And finally, you might bring on that right guest or you talk about it in the right way that someone says, oh my gosh, I finally understand. I get it now. Yeah, we understand through repetition, but we also understand through different perspectives on the Correct. same question and a different guest will bring a different perspective, which is absolutely brilliant. I mean, a lot of the times for our guests, we look on Podmatch, which is your platform and Maria uses it, and people pitch to us all the time, but she also reaches out to other people looking for specific topics, looking for the gaps that we've got. But every now and then, somebody says to us, I'd love to talk to you about this. 
And you're saying, oh, I hadn't thought of that, but that's really interesting. My last question before the last question, as it were, <laughs> is for a business owner, you, you were saying two years for a podcast. That's a huge investment. Two years, paying for the talent, paying for the company who's going to help me, pushing the podcast out week in, week out, being consistent. What's the payback? Yeah. So if, if you're on the business side, the payback might come in sooner than the listenership. Because I was referring to that. That's really around like the idea of listenership and growth and stuff like that. And getting some just takes off organically at that point. I really, again, can't explain why. And there might be someone smarter than me to talk about the data of it. But from what I understand, most people are like, we're not really sure why. But for some reason, that seems to be the magic number, which I mean, consistency and results, right? Consistency eventually cool. drives results. So it's just that's how the world turns. Uh, but with that said, if you're like, oh man, two years before I get that organic traffic, that's yeah. fine. But you might on your very first episode when you release it, that might be what causes someone to go to your website and it says, you know what? This person has a web, a, a, a podcast. You can instantly yeah. develop that know, like, and trust with that person. I'll give you an example of this. At one point, I wanted to get into some SMS marketing, which is just text message marketing. I knew nothing about it. So I found, I went, went to a Google, did a search, found three companies, opened them all up. The very next thing I did is I opened up my phone and went to my podcast app and typed in SMS marketing. What do you know? One of those three companies had a podcast. Mm. And I listened to their podcast. I listened about two episodes. And that's the one I bought with. And out of all three, out of curiosity, I went back and listened or to look at their website pricing. They were the most expensive of the three. But they gave oh, me wow. the most confidence because they were invested in educating me from the start. So I don't know how long they had their podcast. It didn't matter to me. What mattered to me is, wow, this person, this company is actually interested and making sure I succeed with SMS marketing. So for what it's worth, it may only take one episode to have some sort of return on investment. Which is a brilliant way to end the episode of this podcast is it may only be one episode that makes the entire thing pay off. Be consistent, work on your podcast, share your knowledge, get people on board who will share their knowledge to educate your audience and the last question, how can podcasting help with branded search, which is our topic? So the, the first thing you can do is it can make Google think that you're some sort of musical artist. That's the first thing you can do, <laughs> clearly. Um, I, I actually think that, as I said earlier, podcasting helps develop this no like, and trust. And Jason, you're way more qualified to talk about the SEO side of things. But I'll tell you what, I've got a lot of backlinks because I'm a guest on a lot of podcasts and oh. have my own show from Google, Amazon, Spotify, every other website on earth, Apple podcasts, right? Like all these that they link to me, which can be helpful when people do that. Or when people are actually searching for my name, I cover topics and a lot of hosts, or when I have guests or I do my own solo episodes, blog posts are created around these podcast episodes. So I'm just, it expands my name much faster by me, my, by me being on podcasts and having my own show because I do both sides of the mic. So I believe it helps a lot with branded search podcasting does because again, you're just able to to bring it all together on the internet, right? And cover all your different topics and stuff like that. Absolutely. And when people search your name, they see amazing podcaster, wonderful human being, and audio first, whatever that might mean. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex. That was a great episode. And we're now going to pass on to David McBee. We're passing the baton. Turn negative reviews into positive opportunities. He's super smart. I'm super interested in this because it's slightly ORM but not from a negative perspective. It's making the best of a bad situation. And you can turn a negative review into a positive opportunity. Could you possibly pass the baton, Alex? Yeah, you know, I'll be real, Jason. Someone who listens to your podcast, I'm very curious where this goes with David because David is brilliant when it comes to 
I mean, all, all kinds. Just if you go to his website, you'll see what I'm talking about. But he's a great host. And by the way, I heard you on Simplified TV, Jason, his, right. his show. Uh, but also what, what I'm saying that might be an interesting conversation is he's a children's book author. And given oh. your background, I'm curious to see where this conversation will go. I know there'll be a lot of great learnings about negative reviews and how to, to flip that into a positive. But also, I'm just, I, I wonder where the banter will go. Let's put it that way. But I'm, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, me too, all of a sudden. Uh, I talked to David, but he didn't actually tell me that. So now I'm suddenly much more excited about <laughs> next week than I was before. But I was already super excited because I want to know how I can turn a negative review into huge positive for my company. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, Alex, so much for being here. And thank you for sharing. That was absolutely brilliant. You get the outro song with no obligation to sing back. <laughs> a quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. It was an honor to be here. Brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you. Cali Cube. It's all about your brand, Serp.